Yo guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Castle Podcast. Uh, this is Brick Bain. Uh, this is episode two. Super stoked to be back. Um, this week, these last two weeks have been have been real dope. Uh, the place that I work, we've gotten a lot of uh, accolades in like the press uh, recently. I just went up to Seattle, met up with uh, a bunch of old friends, um, met a bunch of new friends as well. So for me, these last two weeks have been real good. Um, plus getting this podcast going, get a little creative outside of that barrier is always nice, you know, always grabbing that, feeling that momentum, grabbing it and kind of just like rocking and roll with it. Um, today I've got a, another guest for you. Um, super like thankful to be sitting down with him and in the place that we're sitting down in, um, place that I come often. Uh, this guy's uh, been living in Portland a long time, super involved in the Portland coffee community, um, see him at events, um, always competing, doing good things. Uh, so involved actually that the place that I work at, Proud Mary, he was at the judge at our uh, latest throwdown and it was a uh, what 70s thing, right? 70s? Um, and that was always fun uh, seeing everybody dressed up. It was real funny. Um, but yeah, without uh, further ado, uh, this is my boy Kevin, works at Deadstock. He's hey, the manager here. Shout out, shout out. What up, y'all? <laughs> uh, I want to talk to Kev because he's kind of like real foundational here in this place. Um, big in the community. I've seen him around town a lot. I'm okay. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> I just show up and people yell at me. But you do show up. You know? yeah, a lot of people don't show up. Yeah. Um, so Kev, give me like... Give me like your kind of like, like I said earlier about like your superhero origin story. I know you're like kind of born and raised here in Portland. Yes, sir. Um, and then you've worked here at Deadstock no for, for a while now. Yeah, so um, when I came to Earth, you know, no. <laughs> nah, but. Um, Wait, you're from Earth, right? Nah, man, not from Earth, man. I, I landed in Portland. <laughs> this is not sci-fi podcast. <laughs> oh, it's not sci-fi. Oh, like, all right, let me backtrack. My bad, my bad. Let me get it back. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so um, it's actually like quite funny how like I came about to be in coffee. Um, so I used to work at an establishment called Playdate PDX. Um, it's a restaurant slash indoor play structure. It's like a multi-tier like play structure for families. And um, I started working out there. It's like a funny story how, how I started working there, but I won't get into that. But, <laughs> but yeah, so um, like... Uh, how it came about was in order for me to like advance in the company they really wanted me to I had to learn um, like core comps so like you know I had to not only be able to like um, you know deal with like you know structure duties things like that but I had to learn like cafe and like um, like handling the floor things like that and so a part of that was becoming a barista and I had no like interest in becoming a barista at all. No interest. None whatsoever. And but the company was supplied by Stumptown, and Stumptown have like all the classes that you can uh, can take to like you know learn coffee, uh, palate development, latte art, you know just coffee 101 and beyond, like intermediate, advanced. And I took the. Um, the intro class and I had like so much fun at that class to where I was like yo coffee is actually like pretty dope I only knew about Folgers and <laughs> I didn't know anything about coffee it's like so yeah so like I, I took like that class I took it again I took um, 
latte art classes, took palette development, and eventually like unofficially, officially graduated from Stumptown classes. Like you took every class, completed every class, and uh, you can still come, but we have nothing else to teach you. <laughs> and so I just like took it and ran with it. Um, then literally like a year later after like being taught and everything and working behind uh, the bar at the, the restaurant at Playdate, uh, I came across uh, Ian. He's the owner of Deadstock Coffee, where I currently work at, and, but he had a stand inside Compound. Uh, Compound is a, a gallery slash like a streetwear, footwear, um, like where it was like for the longest, like the hub for all like, you know, everything that was cool in Portland. It still is actually, there's just more now. But um, I went there to pick up a pair of phone posits that I had put on hold. It was a Spider-Man phone posits. I still remember the shoe. And as I walked in, uh, the homie was working, and he uh, and I walked in immediately. Smelled coffee. I was like, "Whoa, this is weird." I was like, "Who who has Starbucks or something like that?" And he was like, "Nah, man, the homie's up there uh, making lattes." And and so I was like, "Yo, for real? I'm gonna go check it out." It's like I just like started learning this stuff. Been doing it for a little while now. So I went up there, and it was Ian up there making lattes. And so I was like. Uh, Yo, what's up? Uh, Lydell told me to come say what's up. And came check the spot out. It's really dope. And he was like, oh, yeah, man, I'm just up here just, like, chefing up lattes. I was like, all right, man, this dude, this dude already said something totally different from what I'm used to. So I was like, this is going to be a cool friendship. So we literally sat there and, like, talked for about, I want to say, probably like 45 minutes just talking about like coffee because he just like he worked at nike he stopped working there and just wanted to like create like um like a place where the homies can meet up and like have coffee pretty much and he started out with the cart that was upstairs in compound and like i was like yo this is this is wild <laughs> this is like this is so dope and so oh phone bell <laughs> but um but yeah, so he was talking and everything. He was like, you know what? Like, I hope to open up a store one day. And if I open up a store, I need you to come work for me. Mm. And I was like, for real? Shoot, I'll be down. It's like, bro, you're a sneakerhead. I'm a sneakerhead. You know, it's like, it'll be something. right. Yeah. You know? And so I was like, all right, man, thanks. He gave me a drink and everything. And like, gave me like the very first homie card that they had. And I still have that homie card to this day. Um, and like we just left and the funny thing is we didn't exchange info <laughs> mm. and i didn't even think to like go back to compound yeah. and uh, about the time i did go to compound again he wasn't up there and like my homeboy wasn't working there anymore so nobody really knew what i was talking about so i was like oh crap so about a year year and a half later um i was working at nike at the employee store and I came across um, this guy, and I was like, this dude looks so familiar. And I was just gonna be like, whatever, he don't need help. But I was like, you know what, someone's telling me I should like go say what's up to him. And so I walked over to him, I was like, hey, what's up, man, you need help with anything? He was like, nah, man, I'm good, you know? I was like, oh, so how are things going? He was like, oh, man, everything's going good, and like all this other stuff, yada, yada, yada. Still didn't click in my head. Then he was like, just working on this coffee stuff. And then when he said that, I was like, 
oh, bro, you the dude that I met. And he was like, um, I was like, so how's like the coffee shop and the coffee stuff going? He's like, yeah, man, it's going good. All this other stuff. And then it clicked in his head who I was. He was like, oh, you the dude I was looking for. <laughs> it was so funny. And we was like, bro, just like geeking out. Was like, bro, we read and finally like met up. And it was like, yo, this is crazy. He was like, yo, I got the, the shop open. It's like, you should like, please come through, check it out. And I was like, oh, shoot. All right, cool. I'll do that. So I was like super hyped. Came to check it out. Came to talk to him and everything. First, uh, first time coming in. He wasn't even there. <laughs> I was like, bro, how you gonna invite me and tell me to come on a certain day or whenever and you not be here? So the guy that was working at the time, I believe it was Dallas. Um, he was like, man, he's he's usually in and out. So like, just come like in a day or two, and he's guaranteed to be here. So I was like, all right, cool. I went like a couple days later and. Um, and he was actually here and I walked in. I was like, yo, what's up, man? He was like, hey, what's up? When can you start? <laughs> and I was like, uh, um, I'm kind of working like uh, two other jobs. One of them is full time. The other one is like almost full time. I don't know if I can do that. I have one day off. And he was like, oh, all right. I was like, but you know what? I like the shop. I like the concept. I'll do that one day. Like that, my one day off, I started coming in uh, to the shop. That one day grew to multiple days to me eventually leaving Nike to work here and eventually leaving Playdate to like be full time here. And in, in that time, um, I was a manager at Playdate and uh, pretty much I should have been a manager at Nike, but I didn't want that like to be a manager like at the same time with two big, like fairly big companies one extremely big, one still like you know pretty big for like a Portland business and so like I, I quit both of those and became a manager here and ever since I've been like shop manager it's been a little over two years since I've been here and I became like shop manager within like a couple months I was like I came in as like this need to be done you gotta do this that 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 and he was like, all right, okay, cool, take care of that shop manager. <laughs> I was like, what, what? And, you know, just gave me the title and been here ever since. Uh, done some crazy stuff, like with, like with the company, gone to some pretty dope places, waiting to go to Tokyo. I keep getting left out of that trip for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Ian's there yeah, now, right? He's, he's there currently right now. <laughs> And if I'm going to the next one, somebody's getting slapped. <laughs> so before we go into like more like like Tokyo of, stuff, like because yeah. I think that stuff's like, like so freaking cool. Yeah. But throwback to like Nopo, like when you grew up in North Portland, which is cool because that's like one of the first places that I lived in Portland too. Um, but did you end up like where did you grow up drinking coffee at all, or go to a coffee shop or anything like that? Not at all. That was not part of culture growing up. Not at all. It was only like strictly like Starbucks. Like um, what was it? Their vanilla vanilla bean frappuccino. That was and, your go-to. Yeah, that was the only thing I got, and I stopped getting those because I was lactose intolerant, and I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not gonna do these drinks, and. That was when like uh, Stumptown started becoming like the big thing in mm -hmm. Portland. So that's when I was like, oh, so coffee is something special here? So what's it, what's it like, I guess, with coffee not being a thing when you grew up here? 
because you're one of those unicorns everybody talks about, one of those Oregonians, yeah. because yeah. a lot of people, including myself, just moved here. Um, but what is it like, like that not being a part of everything growing up, but then now it's like a big part of like Portland culture. I know it's like foundational stuff, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Um, but it's right now it's like, you know, like it's never been before really taking off. Everybody's opening their own shop and there's like every different type of shop going on. Um, so from it not being like slightly a coffee like place to be like a big, huge like community, I'm happy for it, but it's just like it it kind of fits with like how Portlanders are. For sure. And I feel like even that's the weather. Like, yeah. It's like, you know, it it only makes sense. Like Portland was already weird in the first place. And then it's like but although it was weird, like Portland is very like uh, friendly and connected. And that makes like makes sense as to why like the coffee community is like so like um, so close knit. Mm-hmm. And like, if you go anywhere else, it's like a big, huge competition between this person, that person, that person. But it's like not so much in Portland. There is some, but like, legit, we are all homies. Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense that like, uh, like something like coffee could be <clears throat> such a a big, like a like a big thing, mm-hmm. you know? Because there's like nobody stepping on each other's toes for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know there's like a lot of there's a lot of like maybe like talk a little bit more on the customer side about how like Portland coffee can be a little like snobby. I feel like Seattle might get that rep as well. Yeah. Or like you know a little bit like this is like super special to you. You like don't understand. Here's like all of my knowledge that yeah. you like don't have. But I feel like the rep for here at Deadstock is that that's not the case. And yeah. so, how do you think that has remained to be the thing? Because I know this is like. I feel like with Deadstock's almost like for sure it's like a coffee shop like yeah. as it's at its core, but it's even more like the hangout or like the community gathering place. Um, so you guys are totally not that. Um, so how'd you end up there and stay there? You think? So, so the whole thing with me with the coffee uh, industry and like customer stuff like that in Portland are seem seeming snobby about it is because like. The whole fact that, like, Starbucks ruined, like, the entire, like, outlook on coffee, and everybody will go to a, like, a specialty coffee shop expecting Starbucks, and it's like, yo, we don't, we don't do that here. It's not so much that we are snobby, it's like, oh, we just don't do that here, and then people being, like, probably just being a little bit too sensitive, it's like, oh, they're snobs, like, no, we just don't do that. It's like, you can't go to... You can't go to like a like a proud Mary or something like that and go get a frappuccino or something like that. You know, it's like it's, it's just like oh, sorry, we we don't do that here. It's like it's and like we made it our thing to like uh, to educate, so it doesn't seem like we're being snobby. So it's like like oh, somebody come in, I want a caramel macchiato. It's like oh, we only do traditional macchiatos, which is boom 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 and like uh, and like this is why like this is what Starbucks do with theirs and everything and it sounds it just comes across way way better than uh, oh we don't do that here I think that's that's really something I didn't think about is like is that kind of like and like I've been a barista for years so I totally understand the like can I have a frappuccino or like whatever the Starbucks order is and then being like sorry we don't do that here and that being thought of like almost snobbiness because they're saying no to a customer which is never a good thing but like 
I, I didn't think about that, but one of my theories was when I was thinking about it is that I know that uh, there might be like some exceptions here and there, and you're probably the exception, but I know a lot of people who work here now are not from coffee. Yeah. Like, uh, most of people in the coffee world, like, just go to coffee shop to coffee shop or try to move up. But a lot yeah. of people here started here in coffee. Yeah, le- like, legit. I was the first person ever to be hired at Deadstock as, like, with, like, previous, like, coffee experience. And um, everybody else, like, they're, like, they're, like, sneakerhead homies that don't know anything about coffee or know very, very little about coffee. And um, they... They just want to like have a, like a, a pretty chill job where you can learn something like a new trait, you know. And like we're all willing to like to like train anybody, um, chill with them, like like welcome them in. But yeah, it's like coffee experience is not necessary because we know how to do it and we're pretty dang good at it, or at least we try to, you know. So we we invite them. To like join the squad, learn, and pretty soon you'll be behind the like um, on the espresso making drinks. And because of who we are, we actually see a lot of like um, people in like the footwear industry. Like they come in all the time. They're all they're all our homies, and like that can be a good opportunity for somebody. Like we had a couple people that actually had opportunities to work on uh, at Nike uh, on their Nike world uh, headquarters like mm. on campus yeah um, just solely based on, on the people that we know personally and who either we used to work with or anything like that or you know because they they all come in hang out get coffee same with Adidas like Adidas workers yeah um, and we're just like a hub for that and uh, that was like one of the main like um, visions for for Deadstock to be a hub for like um, like a brand neutral area where if your homie works at uh, Nike and you work at Adidas you can come in and like like have a drink without having to go to the club and you can't hear them there's no catching up and all this other stuff I have to worry about going to like a Starbucks where you're on a time limit or people look at you funny it's like no just come in here it's like just do your thing uh, have a funny conversation with one of us and we all just like have fun the entire day I think something that I've yeah. realized that or like my favorite coffee shops I guess is like the coffee shops that is like coffee shop plus something else yeah and and I think the first time I thought about that was growing up in Ohio there's this place that was also like a wine shop yeah. like coffee and wine you know yeah. try, people trying to find hacks of like have not only more business come in but like a little something else and to be open a little bit later and so I, you've I feel like you know there's those own versions going on and I feel like the I feel like Deadstock is doing that almost better than anyone else right now because if you guys don't know or if you have not been to Deadstock it's hugely sneaker themed and uh, kind of sports themed in a way um, can't have sports without sneakers right but but I feel like in like kind of like what you're saying, a lot of people coming from the sneaker community, like it's almost more that than coffee. Like yeah. the more people are coming here to be part of that community than to be part of, you know, coffee stuff. Um, so I think that's like super interesting and like that culture is huge here. Yeah. Um, obviously that probably resonates like not only from like your background, but then Ian's background as well. Yeah. Like his story. Um, of like moving up like through Nike and stuff like that and like doing a shoe and like all that stuff 
Um, I find that like super interesting in like the pairing of all of that. I don't yeah. know, super interesting. Um, yeah, it's like it's definitely like um, like a seventy-five twenty-five, like seventy-five like people here for the the aesthetic and like the like the way like how we're all sneakerheads stuff like that. The rest is like coffee. But like when we first like when he first started, like the coffee was not great. And like through like different circumstances we had to switch to roasting our own coffee. And it's like actually became very beneficial because we got to taste the coffee and do what we like and funny story, I don't like coffee. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> Same with the owner. He doesn't really like coffee. It gives him terrible headaches. Coffee makes me extremely tired whenever I drink it. Mm. So I don't drink it. But I did a lot of palate development. And I know how to taste for like what's good, the notes, things like that. And he, he's had some training with that as well. And so we actually uh, use our, our knowledge and our quote-unquote dislike for coffee to like choose what we like. You know, if it's, if it's good to us, then it's got to be good to this person, that person, that person. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of gives us a, a leg up when it comes to, like, roasting our own and everything. And then, mm-hmm. like, tasting, like, it's like, all right, we actually like this. And, like, we don't drink coffee. So yeah. it's got to be something about this. So, like, about 90% of our coffee is, like, <laughs> ones that we like. Mm-hmm. And not so much, like, uh, like you know, uh to something that's like preferred by somebody else. You know? I know you've moved into like roasting like I'm not a lot more recently. Yeah. Um what what is that like experience been like from like somebody who just like learned as a barista? Yeah. I feel like a lot of companies like roasting is kind of like the top end or everybody's goal in a way is to like get into the roastery because you're getting that connection like even closer to like the farmer like obviously yeah. you're not the farmer but you know trying to move up the production scale in a way yeah. and you've, you've moved straight into there so how's how's roasting going um it's actually going like really great and i never expected to be uh somebody who roasts coffee like everything just like just panned out that way and the process is actually like pretty similar to like I want to say it's like almost like baking in a way but you have to focus on it with like temperatures and everything and like um, like the bean temp the roasted temp the airflow all that stuff all that good stuff you know and like I don't like to cook but I do but I don't like it. And I thought it was gonna be the same way for roasting, but I haven't got to that point to where it's like, all right, this is like very repetitive and boring. Like I haven't got to that point to where I don't like roasting. So I've been roasting for a year now. And maybe it's because it's like you're a little bit more diverse because you're yeah. working in the shop. You're not just roasting 24/7 yeah. like working machine. Exactly, and it's like it. It's like it keeps your focus, and it it almost keeps you on your toes. Like, like you know, you got to change the temperature at this certain point, so you can't just like zone off or zone out and do some other stuff. It's like you gotta oh shit, gotta change that. So, so yeah, and it's like, and it's cool that places like Buckman 
are yeah. it popping up in Portland. I honestly don't know. Maybe it's because like I'm not super involved in other cities currently, but I don't know many other places like Buckman where I think that idea. It's definitely happening in other industries, but of yeah. like where you can go to a place and use their equipment instead of having your own grocery. Because historically, that's been the thing, and that kind of like the barrier is like roasters are really expensive so it's like kind of like getting that getting like all of everything that's there um but there's this cool place called buckman where deadstock roasts where there's machines there where you can go in you can store your green coffee there um basically you show up do your stuff and bag it and then uh take it away yeah yeah and like yeah i don't i haven't focused too much on like if anybody else outside of like um like Oregon does that, but I, I almost guarantee there's like it's gonna be roasting. more of a thing, probably. Yeah, because like if you have a roaster and you only use it like maybe like two or three times a week and it just sits there, it's like yo, you can rent that thing out and it pays for itself. Yeah, so that's that's like the whole big thing with Buckman. It's like it's a great business they, model. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a terrific business model, and like. So many people like roast out of Buckman, and I didn't realize that. It's like a lot of like big name people too roast out of Buckman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like, yo, and we started out like they have two separate ones. One is actually have three. One is a sample roaster, the other one is like a small batch roaster, roaster, and then there's a large batch roaster. And I remember when we first started roasting, me and Ian was on a small batch. And was like looking at us like I remember him telling me it was like one day we gonna be on that that uh, the large batch roaster just watch and look where we at now is like roasting up to like sometimes like up to 100 pounds a week for like um, for shops and for uh, orders and like deliveries and stuff like that and we start out like. Barely 10 pounds. <laughs> well, I remember when you when Deadstock first opened and I totally remember like when like the first custom bags came out and all that stuff and like I remember Ian giving me a bag and and like drinking it and not thinking it was like the craziest coffee I ever had. Like it wasn't it wasn't the best coffee. But honestly though, like for sure, like that was my opinion on that coffee. But I think that like I think it's kind of like that with businesses, but I think kind of the people running the business, they've got a feel within them. And if you like that feeling to a certain measure, like almost like the, for sure the product matters. But for me, like I liked Ian so much that like that coffee, like that negative experience of the bad coffee didn't scare me away. Yeah. Like I remember first, the first time I met Ian, it was probably at a throwdown. We like competed against each other. And then I like, I didn't like win it or whatever, but I got like second place or whatever, which was like better than he did. And he gave mad support, mad props. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I saw him at Society down the street right at Throwdown. And then I was super stoked about like just like you know him, and he was telling me about his shop and about you know tell me to come in and stuff. And I was like, dude, I want to come in, but like I was like I was just like oh like sorry like I work in Washington at the time or Southern Washington, and. Uh, but then he's like, dude, it's like literally down the street. I was like, down the street? Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, you want to go there right now? Like, yeah. it was at like 8, 9 o'clock at night. He's like, let's just walk over and like hang. So then we just came over here, like lights were all off, and we just like hung out here for a little bit. He like showed me the place, which was dope. Um, and I think, it, I think it's so much that. I think it's so much that like Ian has such a 
like an energy about him. Yeah. And I think that's that's another reason that you're like a great manager is because like you obviously you're different people, but like you have like a similar energy. And probably why like you said you guys initially connected and talked yeah. for so long and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like that energy is real. And yeah. I don't know. It's it's definitely real, definitely I don't know, it's something else and it's why like I believe in dead stock. Like not only for the coffee, like, you know, coffee is one thing, but it's like yeah. the people who work here is like you guys like seem like family with each other and I feel yeah. like that energy really gives off. Yeah, so so Ian like he is very, very, very like welcoming to er- everybody. And like he he keeps it like the environment like A one, he always knows what to say, like it's very, very friendly. Um, but he will clown you in a second. But <laughs> but yeah, he's just like so so inviting. And like um, everybody that works here is like the, the exact same way, and it's like we just like we have fun, and I feel like that's like part of like what like the success behind the business is like just like us having fun while we're at work. Like literally, like this morning, I was literally in tears laughing at Charles Barkley Charles Barkley's golf swing. And if you haven't seen it, look up the video. I, I was in tears, and like a customer walked in, and um, she was like, "Okay, whatever you guys are looking at, I have to have to see." And then like at that point, she was like, "She was like, part of the shop, you know." She's we showed her. She started like dying and everything, and it was just like just one of those moments. And like it's like a lot of people say Deadstock has like a barbershop feel to it. It doesn't feel like a coffee shop. It feels more like a barber shop because, like, the conversations, everybody's having fun, and it's not just like you know, just here's a latte, thank you, bye. It's, it's not like, like just a workspace. Either. Yeah, a lot of a lot of coffee shops, I feel like, is like, hey, like, let me grab this coffee. What's the Wi-Fi password? Yeah, I'm gonna sit here and be in my zone for like two hours and then like see you later. But then here, I. I know personally that I can't come here and do that because I'd be distracted and I, just want, I want to talk to you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like there's no getting work done around here. It's like, yo, you're going to hear what we're talking about. You're just going to start laughing and then we're going to put you in. Like, it's like you're, we're going to welcome you into the conversation because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm sorry you're working, but you in our space. Yeah. You know, it's like you're going to have fun with us. That's the cool thing about, I think the cool thing about Portland and like the different spaces here is that. I maybe it's like because I go to places often I like to try new places I know like what I'm looking for in town but when I think of a place I think of like the vibe there you know and I kind of like evaluate where my mind's my mindset is and if I want to like go there or not you know like I'll come in here and then like just like chill and like talk to you for a while if I like want to catch up with you or like people who work here or like meet people or just have conversations which is cool but then there are also other places that you can go and just like do your laptop thing or like do your meeting thing or like do your breakfast thing and yeah. it's kind of cool like a lot of much of diverse stuff this this not the place for that is we, yeah. we have too much fun in here <laughs> and you'll have fun too i'm not saying don't come here but if you really want to get something done uh, you might want to catch us on like uh like from like 12 where it's like dead in here mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like from 12 to like 2 is kind of dead so. so i was just watching um I was probably watching like a week ago um, the Rico um, panel that I think Nick Chow ran and Ian was on it and super cool to one just like see him on there with like other people but then repping Portland as well Um, but uh, in that thing Nick Chow kind of did a video um, of people coming in here and he just like randomly asked people he was like walking around with a camera or something and he was just like why do you come here 
and you know just like hey like you know deck stock's cool why do you come here and a lot of people said that a lot of people said like sneaker culture like a lot of people said that like like good vibes and stuff but then a lot of people also said that like they specifically came here because they knew it was going to be a more diverse place than like other places here in portland they knew that it wasn't going to be like oh just a white wall blank space kind of vibe yeah uh what do you what do you think about that um so we are very diverse uh there's like if you want to break it down there's only three 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 workers that are white there are three workers that are black um two that are like mixed with with one is uh actually yeah one is mixed half half black half mexican other one's half white half mexican then there's a cambodian and then there's um a colombian so it's like literally the most diverse squad that I've ever like I've ever worked for, mm-hmm. and we all get along, and it's like we're all like a, a legit family. I know like a lot of business say businesses say they're like a family, but literally we are a legit family. It's like we fight, we love each other, and like we hang out like nonstop. You know, not it, take away from anybody else's yeah. squad, but y'all ain't like this, Scott. Stop, y'all ain't like us. <laughs> Just know that. And it sounds like from even like Ian's response on stage after that video that it comes like natural to him. Oh, or yeah. like that's like the environment around him. Because yeah. uh, I remember after they showed that video, they were like, well, there was no prompt of saying of like the reason you came here. People just said that. And then people naturally said diversity. And then, and then Ian said, well, if I remember correctly, he said, like, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> doing, I'm just, like, doing, like, what you're supposed to be doing in the business. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, and kind of, like, I think it's super interesting because his natural, I think his natural business instincts are, like, savage. Like, super yeah. savage. Like, I think that, like, how we were talking about earlier, like, a pop-up in Japan and, like, the interaction yeah. with, like, the sister city there, I think is so cool. I think the collaboration, um... Uh, with like different companies um, there's currently you guys just did like the merch shop with sporty coffee right yeah that's what it is yeah, yeah. actar actar as well yeah. yeah um so talk about like kind of like obviously it's like you guys are real big into sneakers and stuff like that but talk about like streetwear like and about how you guys have like fire merch like i'm guilty of like collecting as much bed <laughs> stock merch as i can shout out yeah so Ian always tell like whenever somebody's like speaking to him about anything like shop wise, he always like one of the first things he says usually is, "We're serious about not being serious." So, like, that's another thing that like um, that's like very welcoming to the shop. It's mm-hmm. like we're serious about not being serious. So like, if you want to have fun, you have fun. It's like as long as you don't like genuinely offend somebody, uh, then like yo, just just have fun. And when it comes to like um, like our apparel and like things that we're doing, it's like this is all stuff, all the stuff that we like. You know, it's like we don't conform to like um, what's like what like everybody likes. It's like this stuff that we like. It's like we all rock hoodies. Yeah, shops have hoodies, but but like yo, our types like the ones like the graphics that we put on them, like the. Connor and Chandler that also work here, um, they do all our graphic design. They have like 100% free range to do whatever they, they want. And this is literally things that they like. He bring it up to like somebody like me or somebody else in the, the squad and ask them, um, 
So like, what what do you guys think of this? So it's not just like just them two or them two and him. It's like it's like them two and me, them two and Luis, them two and, and Vandy. You know, he's like like we try to include everybody. We try to keep it like um, like what we like. Um, and yeah, we get that people want like basic stuff, but at the same time, it's like if we do something dope then it's gonna sell no matter what. It doesn't matter if like, like everybody wants this and everybody wants that. It's like, uh, but we want this, so we're gonna put this out. <laughs> so how did all of, how did all of like Japan and like Tokyo stuff come up? Um, Do you know like the origins of that? Because I remember like talking about what like when we were like helping like Genmove and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's just like I think it's super cool that they're doing a pop up there. Like was in a coffee shop there. They're there. Ian is there right now and has some staff there. Yeah, um, that's a great like that's really cool that Ian's providing opportunities even like that. Yeah, well the so the Japanese culture actually loves Portland in general. There's like even like stores that are are at least a, a store that is like there's like a Portland yeah. themed bar, right? Yeah. So they actually love the culture. So they already come like they we always get always get tons of tourists. But um, there's one story I know in particular um, with the connection between Sporty Coffee and Deadstop, and essentially like Actar. Um, but Vandy, um, he went to he went back home to Cambodia, and on his way like in between that trip, he also went to Japan and he was checking out coffee shops, you know, getting hyperista content and um like he stopped by sporty coffee and was telling them about oh yeah we like oh you guys because they're sporty coffee is a like a sports theme uh coffee shop it's like oh you got sports theme we're sneaker theme they were like what it's <laughs> like yeah we're sneaker theme coffee shop in portland a natural Oregon. pairing <laughs> and then they were like oh my gosh we have to come out to portland we have to see this and they came out here i was working really? that day when they came and they were like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest anything ever. We have to do something with you guys. Yeah. And that was like our connections between like Sporty Coffee initially was just Vandy being on vacation. Yeah. You know, it tends to happen like things like that tend to happen to us a lot where it's just like random. But, um, but everything else uh, was like, you know, people hearing about Ian and the, the shop and the Japanese culture already likes um businesses that have themes mm -hmm. as you like if yeah. you've been there it's like you know it's, there's like a theme for almost every business if not every business mm -hmm. so a sneaker themed coffee shop they love that so it's like it's it's a tie between all sports um like they have a big huge sneaker following in japan and it just only made sense and they now ian's a new tokyo giant <laughs> And next, uh, fingers crossed, is Hong Kong for me, Vandy, and Luis um, for another event in August. It was supposed to be um, early April, but the event kept jumping around from date to date. Now they finally have a set date, and it's in August. So hopefully we'll be able to go to Hong Kong in, in August. I but, think... I think that's like that's like super cool that you guys are getting involved into that culture like not only because it's like super huge in the world and like we have a connection with like a sister city yeah. but kind of like how we've been talking about like Ian has kind of like a thing for like encouraging stuff that 
you really want to happen. Um, very encouraging, very empowering. Um, like even from like I said, like the first time I met him, he was like super empowering. Yeah. I know that like somebody like did up a mural in here, like yep. you know, right after like meeting him. Shout like, out to Bun. Yeah, like Love you, Bun. Very uh very much like empowering and believing almost like blind belief and just like straight up like positivity, encouragement, and I think that's like a huge reason like why you guys are successful and gonna yeah. be more successful in the future. Um, I know you're you're now gone from your Starbucks days to uh, yeah. to being, <laughs> being real involved with the coffee community these days. I know you're like real big into like coffee crawls and stuff like that. So yeah. like give me a couple of like your your favorite hits around town if you're gonna go for like a coffee crawl. Oh off tops Kopi uh, over uh, on the east side. Love them. Like everybody's cool over there. Met the owner he's he's a great guy. But they have a sweet cream latte over there that is mm. that's A one. It's so fire. That is like hands down my favorite coffee drink, like that I've had outside of Dead Stock. Um, no disrespect to Proud Mary, but you guys are second. You know, I, I love y'all. Hey, the fact that we're on even on the list, I, yeah. I appreciate. I appreciate. Yeah, you guys are definitely definitely second. Uh, like I said, Kev uh, was a judge on the recent Throwdown at Proud Mary, and Kev comes into Proud Mary all the time where I work with each other. Love y'all. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, third, it's it it gets really tough. Because I've been to some really dope coffee shops like throughout the city. Portland brings the heat. They they do, and it's so hard. But I'm gonna have to go with Arrow on this one. Mm. I, Shout out! I was just at Arrow a couple minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> Shout out to the whole Arrow squad. Shout Erica. out Erica. Yep, love you, Erica. Um, but yeah, they they have like one of the like aside from like I make my own mocha, so like I kind of like bias. But aside from that, I freaking love their mochas. I mean, y'all ice mocha with ice cream in it, that's my jam right there. <laughs> I mean, but, you, you threw an ice cream in anything. Like, it's just, it's just a grand slam. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cheating at that point. <laughs> right, just but, in there. but yeah, they're, they're, they have a, a really fire, like, regular mocha. Besides, uh, besides, like, the obvious, like, the coffee drinks, what do you think you, like, look for in, like, a shop? I don't look for anything. I look for um, I don't look for like aesthetic, because every, every coffee shop is going to be different in some sense. What I look for is um, I don't even look for quality of coffee. I look for um, like vibes. Like I, it's like the barista. Like what's what's up? Like what are you up to? Like what? Like tell me about yourself. You know. Mm-hmm. It like, cause like nine times out of ten, man, we baristas be back here bored as hell, man. No, like nobody, like you can't lie, and it's like nobody want to keep, like, stamping cups and like refilling this and making that. Just like we be bored ninety nine percent of the time. So I'm like, yo, I come in to, to like put a smile on everybody's face, cause like that's what we do at the shop, and I want to spread that positivity like throughout other baristas and that's why we have like the the hype baristas you know everybody think because like everybody that works at Deadstock, you have to be a sneakerhead to be like a hype barista it's like no it's if you want to check out the coffee scene come along if you got heat cool you're gonna be photographed in that heat so be be photo ready but no it's not necessary uh to be a sneakerhead you know it's like, totally not necessary because I come in here all the time not wearing heat. Currently, I'm wearing like see? big wool socks with slippers on. <laughs> Kev, what do you think of my heat right now? Bruh, you, that, give, me some, hey, give me critique right hey, now. Hey, man. 
I can't even lie, bro. You on the that comfortable level, <laughs> so I can't even be mad. I went, at that. I went for the comfortable. Level. Yeah, it's like if you on comfortable levels, man. But if you got on some like multi thousand dollar shoes and they don't feel right, bro, that's not fly, bro. Yeah. Like I've had those shoes that cost like mm. six hundred dollars and it's like uncomfortable. And Kev, how many shoes do you have? You told me the other day. How many? Ah, you this think? again. Give us a guess. This again. So I've, since since how many I've stacks? last does that make it easier? How many stacks? <laughs> since I last talked to you, I've okay. actually gotten um, probably like five more pairs. Okay, dang. Okay, <laughs> jeez. So I think when I talked to you last, I think I was I said like one eighty or something like that, or like like upper like one eighties, like one eighty five, one eighty six. Yeah, I'm at like one ninety now, and that's um, from floor to ceiling. That is nine rows of shoes. Nine stacks, 180 pairs of nice shoes. And do you have any ones that you wear on like the regular? You think any 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 of the go-to or? Yeah, um, yeah I have like uh, like I want to say about 12 to like 15 pairs that Those just are the that, that I don't put into boxes. Mm. Like I have the boxes somewhere stacked in there, like lost amongst amongst the other stacks. But they just sit, and whenever I'm ready for work, just grab them, throw them on. I get home, put them back in order. Oh yeah. Um, but there are some some heaters that I have to break out every once and again to let people know it's like, hey, chill. I got some heat. Like, don't don't try to heat check me. But although I did get heat, like I got heat checked twice on Instagram, and I wasn't wearing like no heaters, and I was like, ah, they caught me slipping. I like that. I like that about uh, about that stuff. Is you're bringing like Portland's like a you know I would say like Portland's like a fashionable city. Like not like the most fashionable, but I think that you guys it's cool that like there's one specific item that you're focusing on like raising a level. I think that's yeah. like funny. But like like a lot of people don't know that uh, Portland is the um, sneaker sneaker capital of the world. Like you have Nike World headquarters, you have uh, Adidas North America, you have Under Armors who, like within the past couple of years, built a new uh, uh, headquarters here. You have uh, Keen, you have Columbia. There's stuff um, in this neighborhood as well, right? Yeah, there's um, a, attached to the same building where we are currently, Deadstock. Um, there's Pencil. It's the only footwear academy in the world, mm. and. Um, this literally like on the other block face, but still attached to this building. Like I run into the owner or the founder, um, like all the time. Mm. He's like he's real good. Like he's actually um, Ian's uh, mentor. Like they both worked at Nike at the same time, and he was one of the people who got Ian to like you know to the, like newer heights in, in Nike. And um, but yeah, he like. Everybody like that's involved. Everybody come get coffee. They're all homies. All the new students come through, become new homies. I love every single one of them students. Like uh, any knowledge that I have to give them, like I I give to them. Like when it comes to footwear, I don't know too much about like um, design or development, but silhouettes I can tell you about. Yeah. You know, if they have questions that I that since I like have history in and footwear I worked at the Nike employee store like I said before you know it's like things I know it's like Nike technology I know all about that you know I haven't kept up on it recently but I still know it you know so Kev in in wrapping up here in this podcast and thanks again for like sitting down with me and like let me like pick your mind a bit pleasure pleasure um give us like give us a little advice you've you've risen to like what I think what everybody kind of like wants to be part of 
like one, like you're a manager of a really cool coffee shop, you're roasting beans, and I think that like even more above both of those things, like you enjoy the place that you work um, and the people around you. Give us some advice of how to find like that place or how to like surround yourself with the people around you like that. Um, in all honesty, go to work and do your job. <laughs> It's like it's, it's just that simple. It's like every job, almost every job that I've worked at, I just went to work on time, did what I was supposed to do, and next thing I know, they want to make me a manager. And I'm like, okay, I'm just here doing what I need to do. I don't even like the management position because it's like it can get very stressful. And like legit, it's like I just, I'm never late or I try never to be late. Uh, if I am late, it's for a reason, like in a serious reason. But um, but honestly, it's it's just like I don't know. It's like I there's like no like scientific explanation to it. I just came in and did what I had to do. Sometimes I had to make sacrifices. Like you know, nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, but. You know, just just doing doing your job. Just, just that simple sim- as that. That simple truth of like showing up and just working yeah. is so true, and I think underrated in the world that we currently live in. Yeah. And that's some like basic, basic, but so true, true, so true stuff. It's like I don't call out. It's like if I wake up and I'm tired, man, and I don't even drink coffee. I'm drink a glass of water, and I'm gonna keep pushing. It's like, yo, I got bills to pay. It's like, I don't see how somebody can call out when they got bills to pay. (laughs) Well, I got to give props to you, Kev, because not only do you show up in your own job, um, but you show up in the community around us. Um, You support the community. You're involved. And you're, like, pushing us all a little bit more, a little bit further. Um, So thanks for being in the podcast, bro. Yes, Um, sir. Thanks, guys, for listening. Come to Deadstock. Say what's up to Kevin. Love y'all. Say what's up to Ian. Uh, Shout out Ian. His birthday yesterday, the day before, right? Yesterday. Mine is Friday. Friday, dude. Happy birthday to you, bro. April 19th. How old are you turning? Eh, I don't want to say it on on air. No, but (laughs) I'll be 28. 28. Big 28. Hell yeah, Kev. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you're having a good morning, afternoon. Um, wherever you are in the world. Um, I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.